Hello everyone and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo and I'm joined this evening by the always totally expected cameo, Paul Giroux. I'm doing what a Spider-Man can do. And really good lawyer, Sean Doyle. I'm a really good lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) That worked on a couple of those. We had a pretty serious blockbuster fall into our laps, and it was such a wild movie we just had to talk about it. Did the latest Spider-Man movie live up to its frankly unreasonable hype? Let's find out. But first, how are you, gentlemen? Uh, I'm great now. I'm I'm great now that uh now that I can be on this uh podcast via the internet with all of you. I I uh didn't have internet <laughs> till moments ago, but through the the a rush to Best Buy and back, I'm I'm doing great. Your dongles are all functioning as as uh, God intended. <laughs> Yeah, I was worried about my dongle for a little bit, but dongle dongle's good now. Good, yeah. good, good. I'm doing great because of the because uh, the movie I got to watch last night because uh, I just saw Spider Man and uh, it, it's not even bothering me that I'm a little bit quarantined. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, Second or third hand COVID exposure. All right, fine. I'll stay home for a while. No problem. I just got to enjoy a movie. I'm a happy camper. There's a lot of Omicrons out there. I heard. Mm. Yeah, these Omicrons—they're everywhere. I have a copy of Omicron for Sega Dreamcast. It's for all you five Dreamcast video game nerds out there. <laughs> uh, for all you cartoon ner- nerds out there, I I can't hear them say Omicron on the news or NPR and not hear Omicron first CI eight. Like I just that the words fill in and it puts a smile on my face. And at some point, I'm going <laughs> to smile when they're talking about something terrible, and somebody near <laughs> me is going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> Same, totally samesies. I've been walking around here calling it Omicron Percy I8. Mm. I, I have Futurama ringtones on my phone, and the more upsetting a person is, the more ridiculous I make their ringtone. This way, like when a client calls me that I know is going to be a stressful call, like it starts out with like you know Zoidberg going, and it's like, all right, at least I get a little smile first. Let's do this. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I think it's telling of how like in sync we all are, the three of us. Uh, you know, last time when we talked about Ghostbusters, every everything that I had to say, Sean was like, "God damn it, why am I here?" Like, I was going to say all these things, you know. Like, I just think it's funny that we all see Spider Man within the same week. We all see uh, uh, No Way Home, and then it's like, we have to do an emergency episode. And every single one of us is like, yeah, of course we do. Like, Clearly. <laughs> of course. Clearly. It's actually kind of silly that we didn't plan for this ahead of time. Like, was there any chance we weren't going to see Spider-Man and want to talk about it? I mean, it would have had to been, a, a, you know, they would have had to shut down the theaters. But then if they shut down the theaters, Disney would have put it on the thing and I'd have paid the $20 to watch it at home. It's not, not yeah. Disney, though. It's not Disney, it's Sony. Oh, right, it's Sony. Um, none, of the Dis- none of the Spider-Man's None of the Spider Mans are on Disney Plus, which which only brings me to oh god, are we jumping to the end? Because I have some words on this whole debacle. Well, wait, wait, wait. I I don't know if Chris wants to start this a specific way, but this is, I, I mean, this was such a big movie with so many moving parts. I think we I think we do need to be a little bit strategic about the way that we talk about it. Um. All right. So let me get the basic the the core stuff out of the way. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you even do the core stuff, just... Okay. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. This is a brand new movie. If you haven't watched this movie, turn off this podcast, because (laughs) I'm going to spoil everything. Same here. Also, if you... Why are you listening to this if you don't want to be spoiled? Yeah, there's like ten of you, and like I know two or three of you have already seen it, and the other seven, come on, go, go watch it. What are you doing? 
or just you know hold on to this. The the the, the podcast isn't going to expire. It has no expiration date. I think the two of you regularly spoil everything, but um, but good good on the warning. I think that was good. Yeah, we're usually good, good doing call. twenty thirty year old movies. That's that's on our viewers. <laughs> no, I mean, I think just as people, you spoil things. Oh, in life, yeah. No, agreed, agreed. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. All right, Spider Man No Way Home was released on December seventeenth, two thousand twenty one, distributed by Sony Pictures. It was just directed by John Watts, whose other film credits include the previous two Spider-Man MCU flicks and a bunch of music videos from Fatboy Slim and Death Cab for Cutie. The movie stars a metric ton of people, including Tom Holland, Zendaya, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, and so on and so forth. It directly follows the events of the last movie where Spider-Man's identity was publicly exposed to the world by Mysterio and how he and the people around him deal with it. Um, I... Obviously watched this in the theater because there weren't a lot of options. Uh, we saw it an 11 o'clock show, 11 a.m. show. It was still a fairly full theater, but we had open seats in every direction around us. Uh, so, you know, we felt mostly safe in there. Uh, and no, no, I didn't get any snacks because I didn't feel like paying for them. So uh, we saw it last night at uh, five thirty, six o'clock, something like that, right? As soon as Jacqueline got done work, we ran over to the theater and went to the first show and tried to get a showing that wouldn't be overly crowded. And it's $5 Tuesday, $5 Tuesday, $5 Tuesday over at the East Windsor Picture Show. Again, they don't pay us, but they probably eh, – no, nah, they shouldn't. It's commercial not worth anything. But the uh, – <laughs> It was pretty open. It was more crowded than any other Tuesday night movie we've ever gone to see. There was nobody sitting next to us to the left for at least 10, 15 feet, so at least six or seven chairs, and same behind us. So we felt pretty comfortable. But in order to get that kind of space, we did end up pretty far forward and to the right. Uh, but these modern theaters with these uh, recliners, those I feel like just about every seat's a good seat. There's very few bad seats. Um, yeah. That is that is definitely a, a nice thing that has changed and hoping once the uh, like, seriously, I love going to the movies so much and I'm glad this is I'm glad I got to see this before things like went totally afoul again. I'm just hoping that someday if this pandemic ever does end that I can get back to regularly going to see movies in the theater because, man, they really up updated the Tilton down here. It is a phenomenal theater with like big, comfy reclining seats, great screens. It's just it's just fantastic. and. Which is, I want to live there. That's wild, because for so long, the Tilton was the one I was sure was going to close any day, because the other two were better, and then the one kept trying to burn itself down, and the <laughs> other one just kind of stayed complacent, which isn't, it's not a bad theater, but it didn't, uh, it was the premium theater, so I yeah, just yeah. kind of sat there, and it's Hamilton still fine. Commons. Yeah, yeah, it's still fine. The other one that tried to burn itself down, that one's toast now. That's that's not open at all. Oh no, that's gone now. Yeah, and the Tilton did close for a while, and then somebody bought it and like, beefed it the hell up and now it was it was such a shame because they did it right before the pandemic started <sighs> they're I'm, like all right we're gonna open in like three weeks and then like in a week the pandemic started and they were like well shit <laughs> i'm fairly certain that nobody well i shouldn't say nobody that's listening but some listeners probably don't know the intricacies of south jersey movie theaters but when you say the one that tried to burn itself down was that the one near the shore mall Yes, yeah. the one near the Shore Mall that no longer exists. Okay. They, they had some sort of thing where they weren't allowed to close because they got some sort of tax credit for opening in a economically depressed area. And then like after they tried to close and the government told them no, suddenly they had a fire. Uh, 
<laughs> and then the government was like, yeah, we don't care. Here's your insurance money. You have to rebuild. And then they reopened <laughs> and started serving beer, which like that was the first theater I know of that was serving beer in the theater. And I don't think they had a liquor license. I think they were trying to get themselves like in a lot of trouble <laughs> is what I think was happening there. Oh, I forgot all about that. They were they were serving alcohol in there. We went to go see a movie when that happened. They too. just stopped caring. They were like, "Whatever, man." And they purposely they purposely ran that place into the ground. That's... But it was a lot of fun if you followed it down the drain. You know, you surf <laughs> a, a mean wave in that toilet. I liked that theater, man. We saw so many movies there. That was the first Doyle Movie Madness movie. It was uh, we all went to go see The Crow there? Absolutely. Oh, I, I think Absolutely. most of them were there. Yeah, we switched over. We did a bunch at the Hamilton Commons at some point. Um, it was a nicer theater. It opened up later, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, uh, I'm not talking crap on them. Again, I feel like they've gotten complacent and Tilton 9 past them, uh, which probably isn't Tilton 9 anymore, uh, Tilton whatever. But I, it's like the Tilton whatever fancy ass theaters. And I'm sure once like movie theaters come back big time, they'll th- pump some money into it to, to beef that place up. So unrelated, unrelated note, this COVID has really just crushed the theaters. Uh, My guess is, well, it's sort of related. I don't know. It's kind of on theme for our podcast. I don't know. Uh, My bet is that we will see in the future, since that industry is getting hurt so bad, but the bigger industry, the movie making industry relies on them. I bet you we see a lot of like... uh, Disney-owned theaters, Paramount-owned theaters. I bet you see, because they, they've got to keep them alive just to have a, an outlet for their product. Yeah, They're besides not making the streaming money. services, yeah. Besides the streaming services, which which uh, I don't think will ever fully replace the experience of going to the movies. I mean, it certainly oh, won't. No. I don't think the economy will ever give up. Like, I don't think society will ever give up on going to the movies entirely. But I bet you we end up with this situation where a lot of these movie companies, Sony, whoever, realize that the movie theaters are going under left and right, and they have to basically buy them out and then run them themselves. They would make more money because they wouldn't have to pay themselves for their own movies. And then you're going to end up with like Tilton 9 is owned by Sony and only shows Sony movies. And Hamilton Commons is owned by Disney and only plays Disney movies. Yeah, that would be wild. Just a thought. It just makes me sad to think that that the general consensus among among the rich and out of touch is that movie theaters are in trouble right now because people don't want to go see movies in the theater. It's like, no, we don't want to sit in a room with pandemic. Like (laughs) that's, that's what's stopping people from going to see movies in the theater. It's like, I, I don't not want to see West side story. I just don't want to risk my life to see West side story. It's not, it's not that we, don't love the tacos. It's that we really need our mail. Exactly. Well, like it's... I it was a, the, 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 the suicide squad. I would love to have seen that in theaters, but I had the option to see it at home. So I saw it at home because I didn't feel safe going to a theater. At the time. I'm, I'm fine with some of these things being able to be viewed at home and some of them in the theater, you know, and, and I think that streaming is opening the door for a lot more of that. Like there's, there seems to be like bigger, better quality movies that are just coming to things like Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't know that I would call any of them like the the blockbuster type things that you would see in the movie theater. But um, you know, so to, I, right before we started this, to make your point for you, I was watching. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. 
I don't know why it's in my wheelhouse. The War of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, I saw that. I think that just came to Prime, right? That's just like an Amazon Prime movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was kind of a big. I mean, that had big, big names, big special effects. Big names, big special effects. There was a Netflix one recently too, with like uh, uh, Gal Gadot and. Um, oh yeah, the Red Notice or something. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Was it yeah. The Rock? Yeah, The Rock the was rock? in there. And yeah, those movies 10 years ago would have been in the theater. Right. Absolutely. Well, they might yeah. not have been the, the biggest movie in the theater that week, but they would have been in the theater. But like over this last summer when HBO was doing that thing where like all the WB movies, like, hey, sure, it's hitting theaters. And if you want to go to a theater, have at it. But it's also going to be on HBO for you if you have HBO. So it's like, all right, I signed up for HBO and I saw the things. Because I sure as hell wasn't going to sit through the, the, the Snyder Cut in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it in like 15-minute increments on my phone for like a month. Because as the Lord was, intended. As the Lord intended. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was a really sweet deal. And like, I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not going to get to see that Matrix movie until it comes out on home video in some form. Because I'm not going back, back to theaters like after spider-man and like i'd love to see that new matrix movie but i'm not going back out to theaters while the 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 pandemic is raging as hard and to be clear you you just said that when you're weighing your life on one end of the scale that the matrix doesn't warrant risking it but spider-man did just just pointing that out you were like look it's a low risk to my life sure i'm probably not gonna die but there's a risk and matrix just doesn't balance it out or West Side Story doesn't balance, but Spider Man, yeah, I'll, I'll take that that whatever you know half a percent <laughs> chance of dying. I'm, I'm gonna go said, see this. I said what I said. <laughs> I stick. I stand behind it. You'll be in the hospital, all hooked up to machines, and you'll be like, "But at least I saw Spider Man." <laughs> I didn't get it spoiled by some jackass on the internet. Yeah. I saw it happen. Well, if it's my turn to say how I saw it, doesn't matter. I, I saw it the same way as all of you. What? When did it come out? It came out on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty seconds. So. so we went. We went Friday morning. Like we went to the very first showing because we thought it would be the least populated. Um, and uh, and it, it was for the most part. I've stopped trying to be strategic about the seats that I choose because, like, even if I'm strategic about it, like somebody will come in and practically sit on my lap. So I just. I just choose. We we just randomly choose at this point. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, it was great. Like uh, it was great to go see it while the kid was in school. It was like the perfect, perfect choice. Awesome. Oh, we didn't say our snacks. I had uh, my dollar hot dog as always, and my nine dollar coke. because <laughs> uh, that's how I do five dollar Tuesdays at the movie theater. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't do it. I uh, I, I double masked and I uh. I just, uh, I was like, I ain't gonna snack. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't snack on anything. I wasn't feeling all that, like, great. I had, some food was disagreeing with me, so it's like, you know what? Not gonna spend the money. Just gonna sit here and enjoy a movie. Alright, so here's the question I want to ask. With all of the, with all of what we saw in the trailers and all of the sort of internet buzz before this movie, I know that we can say that we try not to look at the trailers. I know that we could say that we try not to have things spoiled for us. I think with this show, there, or, you know, with this movie, there was so much out there and so much like swirling rumors that I feel like you had to have had some sort of expectation going in. Even if you were trying not to have an expectation, 
I feel like you had to have something in your mind about what might happen. So I'm curious yes. to know uh, what you what you thought the movie was going to be as opposed to what it was. You know, what what did you go in there expecting versus what did you find? All right. I will t- I'll I'll answer this one first cuz it's actually kind of a fun story. Um I ex I half mostly expected to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, right? Because their villains were in the movie. And I don't know if you guys saw that that trailer. One of the trailers came out and like Lizard is jumping through the air and then like something hits him and you don't nothing not, nothing hits him, but there's an, he's animated as getting hit. And it's like they totally like took out one of the Spider-Men that they superimposed on there. That's like kicking him in the face or something. Like, all right, so there's definitely going to be multiple Spider-Men in this movie. So I just I just assumed they were going to be there, but then I try never to like properly predict these kinds of things because like really maybe maybe they didn't get Toby. Maybe it was just going to be Andrew Garfield. And there's just going to be two of them. So like I didn't really 100 percent know what to expect there. The, we watched. Um, you just got to love the timing of all this. We've been watching Hawkeye, right? So the episode, the Wednesday episode of Hawkeye confirmed uh, Wilson Fisk, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio back, back as Kingpin. So we sat down in the movie theater and Karen was like, if I don't get any goddamn Matt Murdock in this movie, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I love and then wife. right, right in this? the beginning, <laughs> right in the beginning, there he was. And like the whole theater was like, I did not expect him at all. I, I thought that was totally debunked earlier. I was like, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think he's going to be in there. I'm, I know they just said, if and when Daredevil shows up in the MCU, it's going to be played by Charlie Cox. But I didn't think it was going to be this. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. Everybody in the theater, like, applauded, which was great. And that scene was fucking perfect, too. But we'll get to that. Sean, what about you? What were your expectations going in? So, look, uh, you're, you guys probably won't believe this as much as it's true. Or maybe you will. I don't know. You, got, you, you know me pretty well. I am not on social media. I don't, uh, for all intents and purposes, I don't have a Facebook. I know it exists, but I haven't been on there in six, seven years. Every now and then Jacqueline checks it and lets me know of all the, you know, birthday parties that we didn't go to because they only invited us on Facebook. Um, You are better for it. Yeah. I'm not on any social media websites. I don't surf the net in any meaningful way. I use the computer all day for work, but that's email. And there's not really anything that pops up on me. Um, eBay, email, uh, Check the hockey scores. That's about it for me on the internet. Even with that, I could not avoid knowing a lot about this movie. Uh, me and Jacqueline went and saw two or three movies in the last three or four months. They all had Spider-Man um, uh, trailers, right? So I feel like, and it's a common complaint for me, and I've probably said it before on this podcast, I feel like I already knew about the first half hour of this movie. There was no surprises. Uh, other than the one glorious one. Um, the, <laughs> there was no real surprises for me. Um, I I basically knew the, the intro of the story, right? The trailer made it pretty obvious, and it kind of, again, it makes it sound like I'm trashing the movie. I freaking loved this movie. I don't like how much they give us in the trailers these days. Um, and in the trailers, you can clearly see Doc Ock and uh, Green Goblin and you know, a couple of the other guys. I don't remember... I don't remember if I knew, I don't think I knew Sandman was in it. So maybe I didn't see a trailer with Sandman or I missed it in the trailer. Right. Cause I don't he go was, back. He was really at the, they never really focused on him. He was, was like in the background at the end, like 
big swooshy swirly Sandman. Yeah, and I don't go back and watch the trailers twenty times and look at them real close. So I, I was surprised, or at least I don't know surprised, but like I didn't know Sandman was coming, so that was news to me, right? Um, but I knew there was going to be a bunch of those old ones, so it wasn't surprising to me when the the other Spider Men showed up, right? But the uh, so yeah, in general, like I, I knew the basic plot at the beginning, and I knew that we were going to see a bunch of callbacks. Um, and and again, I, I'm not trash. I, I love the movie, but I wish the trailers would show us less, show us things more out of order. You don't have to tell me this, especially Marvel movies. Like at this point, you don't have to. This is a real soft sell you need to do here. All you really need to do if you're Marvel is just wave a little flag on one edge of a continent somewhere that says, guess what? Next Friday, we're going to release whatever it is. She-Hulk. I think she's got a TV show, but whatever. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. people are going to show up. Right. You don't have to, like, tell us the whole story and sell us on coming to see your movie. Who all these people are going to go see Spider-Man anyway. Right. Like they could have told us nothing. They could have just bought a little bit of screen time where it said Spider-Man No Way Home coming out December, whatever it was, 15th. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the theaters would have filled up. They didn't have to sell this to us. We we've already bought in. Um, Maybe Shang-Chi had to give us a little bit. It's an oddball character, but the they could have they could have told us far less, and all these people would have showed up anyway. I think that some of the swirling hype about it contributed to the the success of the movie. Um, I, you know, I, it's interesting because, like Chris said, that some of the stuff he thought had been debunked. Like, I I don't know. That was what was so fascinating about it. Like you were hearing so many conflicting things. And I, you know, like, like you could see from the trailers that Doc Ock and Elektra were in it. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I guess Lizard and Sandman, but also like those things are CGI. Like that doesn't mean that, you know, like when I saw the trailer, I didn't necessarily mean that they got those actors back, you know? Yeah. I Um, didn't, I was surprised that Thomas Hayden Church was like in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, uh. You know, Green Goblin, we saw him in the trailer, or I guess we saw the pumpkin bomb and we we heard his laugh. Um, So, you know, like with any of these people, I was like, you know, is Defoe going to be in the movie? Is he going to make a cameo? You know, what is it? Uh, There had been rumors that Tobey Maguire had been seen on set. Andrew Garfield was real tight-lipped about it. Like, he was like, like, I saw an interview with him where he was like, yeah, I wish they would call me. Like, you know. Like, I guess there's still time if they want to call me. Like, he, and he, had, he also talked about, like, how doing the Spider-Man movies was, like, really hard on him. Like, made it seem like he wouldn't even come back if they asked him to, It's a, to, to, a, to a certain degree. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that there was a lot of conflicting information and swirling hype about it. I, I really... I didn't think a movie like this was possible to be made. Like, I really didn't expect this. And now I'm sort of shocked at myself that I didn't expect it. Um, you know, because, I, like, I literally thought some of these people were going to show up for a cameo here and there. You know, like, mm-hmm. I thought maybe Doc Ock would show up for a fight or something like that. And then I, I literally thought the movie was going to be like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange traveling to different different uh universes and trying to fix something or right some wrong like i i I literally thought that that was what the whole movie was going to be like i didn't yeah i 
I didn't expect what we got. Um, I really thought that the trailers had showed us pretty much all we were going to see of the villains. And I'm mad at myself for for thinking that um, because I think that I think that these movies know better by now. I think that um, I, I think that the bar has been set so high after Endgame that I think that they know better than to dangle those villains in front of us and to not deliver. Um, did, have I ever told you guys how my, my theory about why I think that the George Clooney, Batman and Robin movie is the most important superhero movie ever made? No, but no, God, I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Please allow me to strap myself in for this because I hate that movie. Sure. Well, it- and and wait, real quick, I'm pretty sure it was Chris Rendazzo who yeah, tried we to saw it together. Sold me afterwards because we saw it opening night and he was like, You have to go home and tell your father. <laughs> and I said that because when he whipped out the bat credit card, you turned to me and said, How am I gonna explain this to my dad? <laughs> that's how the conversation went. <laughs> oh my god, that's I will amazing. Never forget that moment. I that never is- heard that. That's so funny. <laughs> um yeah, like you know, I don't know if I if I were if I were a young student going uh, to film school, uh, this would be my thesis. Like, if any if anybody's listening out there and you're in film school, this is easily a forty page thesis. Um, I so like we all like to remember and cite the important movies, the good movies, uh, when it comes to being influential about the superhero genre, right? The Richard Donner Superman films, the uh the Tim Burton Batman films, right? Like the the ones that sort of like carved out what this could be, right? Um and then even the early Marvel films before the MCU, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the the Daredevil, the Eric Bana Hulk, like all of them had the same kind of recipe that it was it was like leading man uh love interests and then like big name person to play the the notable villain you know like it was always it was always the same kind of thing and i think that that george clooney batman movie being so bad uh sort of informed how they were going to approach it next you know and and christopher nolan with his batman movies like kind of rewrote the formula that he was like well you know like you can have an ensemble movie with these like, you know, with, with good actors playing these roles and that, you know, Alfred and commissioner Gordon are as important to the Batman mythos as Batman is, you know? Um, and then MCU, I think built off that and like made it even cooler by making like an interconnected universe, you know, but I don't think that any of it would be possible without, I think on some level there's institutional knowledge from the film industry that like, if you fuck up a superhero movie, you're going to have an army of nerds that is mad at you uh, and that make you pay for it. And, and the, the, like the backlash with, with Batman and Robin, it was like, this is campy. You like did no justice to the story and the characters. Um, you know, like it looked hokey, it was it was the villains were bad, and then it manifested at this time 
when everyone was like, what's this thing called the internet where like all of these angry people can like band together and like hate it collectively, <laughs> you know, with, with a force to be reckoned with. Like, I, I just think that, I think that that changed the culture so much that now they're really careful when they make a superhero movie about how they approach the story and what fans are going to think and how fans are going to get pissed off. You say, and you say Batman V Superman. Right now. Paul's saying <laughs> they, right. And while I agree with most of what you're saying, I think we're, and this is one of the things I'm checking off my list this time. I'm, I'm doing like you do. And like, as we're talking, I'm taking notes. Uh, the, one of the things you're saying, they it's Disney. Disney has the benefit of being this century old company. I think they're over a hundred years old, right? Mickey Mouse started in like the twenties. So I'm assuming Disney goes back before that, right? Well, so well, gotta, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you, Sean. Okay. Spider-Man is actually Sony and Sony has hooked their mitts into Spider-Man and held on to it against the odds. That's even the whole reason why the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies were made because if they didn't keep, making spider-man movies they were going to lose the property and that was the they only were the one. roger corman fantastic four all over right again. that was the right. only one they had so now with this fox merger disney has pretty much the rest of the mcu but they don't have spider-man and right and i think sony is really making the most of this like they uh they know that this MCU thing has built-in marketing and that they need to sort of keep them happy and stay in the game that way. And then I think that, um, you know, they also got all these other things that they're making, these Venom movies and stuff like that, that I think they're, they have some long game about how to, how to connect this stuff. Um, and, you know, I think that with how big the MCU is, with... Um, you know, all the stuff that's happened after Endgame, like how, how high the bar was raised at Endgame, that like if they if they didn't have a big spectacle like this, it was it was gonna go poorly for Sony. Sure. So I think you're giving the and I don't know, I'm not an industry insider, but what I was gonna say about Disney is they've been around a hundred years or more. I think it's more now, right? They have the longevity that few companies have, and I'm not saying there aren't other companies, they're sure. They have the longevity to realize, uh, you know, it's not about the, the, they have the ability to say, it's not about what we can make up on it right now. It's about what we can make on it for the next thousand years, right? We're not looking short term, right? So they do a great job, and I, they're probably an evil corporation from what I hear, and whatever, but they You've got to give them credit where credit's due. They do a great job at preserving their uh, their uh, character rights and making sure they put out a good product. If they made a bad Marvel movie, they would just – and they spent a million dollars. I say a million because I'm poor apparently. A billion dollars on this movie, and it was terrible. They would just scrap it. They have the foresight to say, look, we're not going to sink our franchise over a billion dollars. This franchise is going to make us a, mil, a, a thousand billions over the next 500 years. We can just let this billion dollars be a flop and just not not put it out, not hurt our brand and move forward. You're saying it's Sony putting out these Spider-Man movies. But here's the big distinction I'll make here. I think 
And it says in the beginning, in association with Marvel Studios, I think the quality and polish on this uh, is so similar to, reminiscent of, and, and and in line with the other Marvel MCU movies. I think Marvel slash Disney had a huge hand in this movie. Well, they absolutely did. Every th- every piece of it had to be run through Kevin Feige. And when you like, look at it compared to the Sony movies that they have put out, and I'm talking about the two Venom movies, uh, particularly. Uh, the difference is night and day. I didn't hate the Venom movies, um, but <laughs> the difference is night and day. The Venom movies suffer from many, many of the faults and flaws that you're talking about from the old school of comic book movie making, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Venom killed off Carnage, right? Uh, if I if I remember correctly, it killed off Carnage and. Uh, shriek right you you you're you're blowing through your 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 top characters that you have like that's an old school mistake and i know marvel's killed off thanos and this and that and the other, but yeah but they thanos had a lot was to... around for a lot of movies right they got they 10 movies him out of them like, yeah ton right of thanos right they got 10 15 movies out of them, whatever they got and then you know they've got a lot to pull from when you're sony and you've got the spider-man Spider-Verse, we'll call it. Uh, when you've got the Spider-Verse to work with and you just blew through Carnage, that's wild, right? I mean, w- that's one of your top characters. I, after Spider-Man, the, the next biggest character, what are you talking Venom, you're talking Green Goblin, you're talking Carnage, right? Those are your biggest side characters and you just blew through one of them. Um, so I, I don't think Sony uh, is the one here. I think Marvel is the one that uh, realizes that you can have a loss on a movie and if it ups your brand it it's fine so they're the ones my guess is they're the ones that are like yeah we're gonna pay these actors whatever we gotta pay them we're gonna get them in here we're gonna and and this is another thing i feel like the movie was extraordinary and this sounds bad again but it really i don't mean it that way the movie was extraordinarily pandering it 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 i feel like they went on the internet before they made the movie they had a rough idea and they were like what do the fans want and then they were like how can we put that out in a way that furthers the brand, makes it look good, but gives the fans what they want. So it's very pandering. Like the whole Daredevil thing, I feel like it was forced in for the uh, the the fans like me who really wanted it. And and again, it sounds like I'm talking down, and I'm not. I loved it. You should pander to your fans, right? I loved the last Jay and Silent Bob movie. I've never seen a more pandering movie in my whole life. But you know what? <laughs> I'm the fan and you pandered to me. So guess what? I loved it. It was great. I really enjoyed everything you did here. You know what though? I think so. I, I'm, I agree with what you're saying, Sean. I think I, I like, I think there can be good pandering, right? Like I think that this movie is a good example of that, but I think it also knew, uh, it also knew what was too much. Like it knew, uh, it knew how to sort of walk that line. Right. Because like, one of the things I thought to myself when they were all in uh, Doctor Strange's basement um, and everybody was in those, you know, the, the villains, they were starting to collect them and put them in those magical cells or whatever, right? I was like, you got, you got five villains right here. Like, this is almost the Sinister Six. Like, you know, they could have had one more person. There it is. And had, and you know what? Like, Again. essentially had the sin- Sinister Six. I'm oh. not needed on this podcast. That's one of my things that I had written down here. That was right. one of my only complaints about this movie. Like at that point, I turned to Jacqueline and I was like, I said to her in the theater, I whispered to her, I was like, we got one more coming because you did so much good pandering. And then, like you said, there was five of them 
And it's but, five members of the Sinister Six, not the original members, but you had like three of the original members and two later, you know, fill-in members. But still, it was it was wild to me that they didn't pull in a sixth. I couldn't believe. Well, it. I think what's I th- I think that was a really smart move. I think yeah, I was going to say that too. I think anytime, first of all, I think anytime you have six Spider-Man villains, it's a Sinister Six. Like that's just the definition of the Sinister <laughs> Six. But um, but uh, but yeah, I think it was a smart move, um, because. Uh, because they needed to follow the rules that they were setting in this story. Like there's a lot that can be forgiven just because it's magic. It's Dr. Strange and it's magic. And we can go like, Oh, well we don't understand the magic. Like, I guess this happened, you know? Um, But they set up this thing where he, he breaks the spell and he says, anybody that knows that I was Peter Parker before should still know that I was Peter Parker. And it, it went across all these universes and, you know, I think they did a little bit of, um, you know, I think they did a little bit of stretching things to like pull these characters in at the moment before their death or whatever it was, but like, whatever, it didn't matter. We bought it. Like we were happy that they were there, you know, but, uh, the reason there's not a sixth one is because Andrew Garfield never got a third movie. Like if he got a third movie, there would have been six of them, but they. There was a Green Goblin in the in the ASM universe. They could have pulled uh, Young Goblin or freaking what's his face's Venom. Like there could have been another right. villain even to throw Venom, in there for even sure. If Venom had showed up. That's six. Or you could have grabbed uh, Shocker or Vulture, who were still alive in this universe, and were that. And, and that's I, true. I don't. But he didn't. Them. What, what he didn't need so to smart. send them back to a different universe, though. This. This conceit only worked with villains that he had to that he had to capture and and send back to this different universe. But the re- what what makes that they what made it so that they couldn't do Sinister Six was that they weren't all necessarily sinister, and that was kind of the point is that they wanted Spider Man really wanted to save them, and I was so happy that they did this with Alfred Molina's character in particular because. Doc Ock was so good in Spider-Man 2 because he wasn't evil. He was being controlled by those tentacles. It was like the only problem was the inhibitor chip went away. And so, like, I was like, how are they going to explain, like, him just being super evil uh, and didn't he die or whatever? So they, they pull him back in this point and then they solve his problem and he goes right back to being good. And, like, that was the whole point was, like, these char- seeing these characters is not, like, villains full-on villains but like misguided or something was controlling them or something and that doesn't make for a proper sinister six you know like now if it was all just like you were talking about like vulture and shocker and stuff like that like maybe vulture is a bit of a stretch because he's got a little bit more dimension in the the mcu than he did before but like you think about those like shocker or whatever other characters, Paul Giamatti's Rhino <laughs> thrown in there. If you talk about those characters that are just like, all right, here's a bunch of just bad guys that want to team up and beat Spider-Man. And like, that wasn't Sandman at all. Like he was, he was, he had no problem with Spider-Man, but then he had a problem with this Spider-Man and he wasn't exactly the sharpest tool in the shed, but that was kind of the, the, the point of his character. You know what I mean? The Sinister Six would not have worked with the narrative that they were trying to do. And that's the big difference between this and Raimi's Spider-Man 3, where they were just pushed 
over and over again, like, you need to put Venom in this movie. He's like, I don't know. I don't really know Venom. I don't get Venom. He's like, yeah, but Venom makes money. Put Venom in this movie. He's like, all right, fine. I'll put Venom in this movie. And then it sucked because it was all this studio interference saying, this is what you got to do. So instead of it being that situation, because Marvel was really in charge of the narrative where it was Sony's movie, they were paying for it. But part of the deal is that Marvel gets to tell the story that they want to tell to forward what's happening in the MCU. They were smart, indeed smart enough to be like, we're not just going to throw all this spaghetti at the wall and, and, and hope all of it sticks like uh, Sony is currently doing with the rest of their Spider-Verse stuff. They've got the second Venom movie out. They've got uh, Morbius on the way. They've got... Um, Crap, there's at least like two other Spider-Villain-esque movies coming out. They're building this whole other Spider-Verse thing. And the thing that Marvel is focusing on for this you know, phase four is the multiverse. And so they were able to make all that work so intelligently and so naturally um, that shoehorning Sinister Six into it would have just been a bridge too far. And I think they realized that and, and were like, that's not the story that we're telling. If we're going to do Sinister Six, we'll do Sinister Six. We're ready to do Sinister Six. This ain't it. Well, and I I really appreciated that. It made it cleaner that uh that they were that they were sort of concluding a storyline from each of the other movies, right? Like it yeah. was it wasn't just that uh villains showed up that were in previous Spider-Man properties. It was like a villain showed up from each story and this was almost the conclusion to all the stories uh like i you know i know that i know that it wasn't three trilogies like like uh star wars and i know that um you know and i know that rise of skywalker wasn't even really that good so it's a bad analogy but like this this is like the rise of skywalker of the the spider-man things you know it it concludes it it concludes three different quote unquote trilogies or three different, you know, things. Um, and yeah, you want to talk about Marvel or Disney being too smart to do something like that. Rise of Skywalker is your exact example of that. They are not too smart to do shit like that. <laughs> yeah. They, they, and I love that movie. Okay. I love that movie. I don't I've know that I it. saw it. What was the rise of Skywalker? Is that the one where Han Solo dies? No, that was, that was the, John, the, you're the, ruining the it for everyone. <laughs> No, Rise of Skywalker was the last one where Palpatine's just back. And they're like, fuck it, Palpatine's back. Why? Oh. Yeah, I don't <laughs> where think was I he? It. He was over there. <laughs> Who I, the fuck cares? The I movie really, was a mess, but I love it. I do it. love Star Wars. I really do, but I'm not I'm not the Uber Star Wars fan. That maybe I should be. Uh and like I you know, the original three I grew up on, and then I saw the other three that came out after, and I, I didn't I didn't have as harsh a view as I feel most people did, but there was serious problems with all kinds of things in them. Um, but I, I also saw good things in them. And then the new three, I think I only saw like the first two, maybe I, I don't think I saw the last one. Oh, well, Rogue that's one was yeah. great though. God, that's... man, I love that. It made me want to just get into star Wars again. Is that what it's called? Rogue uh, one? Rogue one. Yeah, no, I'm a star Wars whore <laughs> so and good. I love the, the, the sequel trilogy. That's a podcast for another podcast though. Back, back to, we're way let's, off. Let's, we're way let's off. tie oh, it man. back in. Let's yeah. pull it back in. Oh, so uh, I don't even know where we were at, but something you guys have hit on a couple things that were on my little checklist here that I made that uh, the and one of the things is what uh, foresight or not foresight. What's the opposite of foresight? Backward. Hindsight. Good backward vision. Hindsight. Hindsight. Thank you. Uh, 
they really did a great job of turning around and saying what worked in all these other Spider-Man movies and what didn't, right? And they just grabbed the parts that worked. I didn't love the third Spider-Man movie at all, but you know what was great in the third Spider-Man movie, which is nigh unwatchable. I mean, it's really bad, mm-hmm. but you know what was great? Sandman. Because that's what Raimi wanted to do. He nailed that it. That was the villain he wanted to do. Nailed it. I mean, there's no part. If you just watch the 20-minute storyline, half-hour storyline that's in that movie about Sandman, and you cut out the whole, oh, God, the Venom thing, the Tobey Maguire dance sequence, all the rest of it. It's great. Sandman, they nailed it. Some, Green Goblin was great. Everything they grabbed, I feel, is the stuff they did right, and they left behind Paul Giamatti as the rhino because, you know what? It was a swing and a miss. It just well, didn't And they, they mentioned it like as an offhanded joke the same way that they mentioned Venom, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought that was funny that the, the three Spider-Men got to like sit there and trade war stories that, you know, he's like, oh, I fought an alien and like, I fought a purple alien in space. And then they're like, wait, you went to space? <laughs> and, and I was thinking this as they did that. And I was like, th- this is what the writers were talking about. They were like, well, we're not bringing Paul Giamatti's rhino into it. Let's make a joke about him because it was terrible. And right. let's make a joke about the venom because it was terrible. Like, you know, like that's what happened in the writer's room when they were trying to write this was that conversation. Yeah, it it it, it served as I thought, you know, I thought it served as a, a as a sort of capstone to to all three of the the stories. And, um, and, and I think that's why I am saying that I feel like this movie had no business being as good as it was because it like, in addition to giving, uh, uh, what's his face, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like, you know, closure, like a, 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 an ending, um, it, it did it for the other two before they went back to their universe. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I'm not saying I didn't, lo- I didn't, I didn't pay those Andrew Garfield ones a lot of attention. Like when the, when the first one I didn't came even out, see the second one. Cause I didn't like the first one. Well, I, so I, I think I didn't see the first one when it came out. I just didn't watch it. And then when the second one came out, I was like, oh, I guess these things aren't going away. Like, I guess I probably need to see the first one so that I can get behind the second one. So I, I think those two movies sort of blend together to me. I don't remember what was in what and which was which, but I remember the Gwen Stacy uh death uh mainly because it was, you know, it was out of comic books and and it and, was the thing they got right. That yeah. was the thing that movie really nailed. I mean, again, that movie had lots of problems, did lots of things right. That was the thing it nailed. So when he, when he jumped off after after oh MJ that was and saved her, you know, and they had that moment. Like I, that like, was the sweetest thing. I lost my breath for a minute. <laughs> I was like, that really hit me. And I don't, you know, I don't even like those uh, Andrew Garfield ones that much. But those, that moment, really got me. Um, you know, and they do it. They did it with um, Toby Maguire and him stopping, uh, him stopping him from um, killing him with the glider. Him, you know, like kill, yeah, like that was. Like they both had sort of demons in their past uh, from the other stories, and it was it was kind of closure for all three of them. It was amazing. I, I the, didn't think something like that could be done. The catch one hit me too. I mean, it's it was partly because I, and Garfield did a great job with it. Like I'm 
Definitely he delivered not. that scene so well. The fact that he caught her instead of webbing her. Like, there were so many things that they... You, <laughs> he... Uh, God. So, that again, that movie, it only nailed a couple things perfect. And that's one of the things it really nailed. Because the first one... When I went and saw that first Tobey Maguire, and I know it was MJ, and she was falling <laughs> off the bridge, and Green Goblin threw her off the bridge or whatever. You saw that in the preview, and I went to that movie thinking, he's going to kill her. And back then, comic books weren't as big a thing. Not everybody, like, I mean, they've always been around, but like, I was like, it wasn't as mainstream as it is today. And I was like, all these people are going to be shocked when this girl dies, right? And then she didn't die. And I was like, well, it's still a great movie. I, it's fine. It's fine. I've been waiting for a great superhero movie. And this was great. So then when Andrew Garfield actually did it, I was like, thank you. Like, uh, uh, there was problems with the movie. That part they nailed perfect. And to come back to that, it not only gives closure for Andrew Garfield, but like, that's a torment that's been hanging over Spider Man in the comics for like, I don't know. I, I, Spider-Man's not my main character. I haven't read every comic book, but like that's a thing that's just hung over his head for 60 years now, you know? And to see some sort of closure, some sort of catharsis where like, you know... He got a chance to do it again, and he did, he it, did right. it right. right. And yeah, that was that was such a freaking moment, man. Huge. And like, of all the problems in the ASM movies, Andrew Garfield wasn't one of them. I, I always no. thought he was... He was, he was pretty great. It was just the movie itself was kind of crap. And like, I liked at the end when Lizard changed back to a human. I was like, oh shit, that's Reese Fonz. They actually got him back for this, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah. Good for I, you, I guess. I wondered. I, I wondered. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I think that Thomas Hayden Church and that Lizard guy were CGI for most of the movie for a mm -hmm. reason. You know, I think it was like. Uh, probably part of the agreement about how much time they were going to spend and like what kind of billing they got. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was kind of cool that we saw all the villains like kind of different than they were before, you know, that like, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx wasn't blue. I didn't care that he wasn't blue. I liked that he sort of got that cool electro mask at one yeah, point. Yeah, they explained that um, because like the electricity was different in this universe. Like oh, that was yeah. so cool that and, they went that far. And again, that's what worked and what didn't work. I think they got a lot of pushback on that whole blue thing. I don't know why they did it. It didn't piss me off as much as some people, but like it didn't make any sense. Like why why would you change it up like that? It's just weird. Like I didn't make any sense. What are you trying to do here? So since it didn't work, they abandoned it. You know, they came up with a plausible reason. They didn't just, you know, forget it, but that's you know they picked with what the worked goblin's with outfit the, with the goblin they oh used, that was genius well they used that power rangers mask to um to have him you know to set up that same conversation thing that he used to do where he would talk to the mask and the mask was the split personality the mask was the goblin you know and then they 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 did that in that alley where he smashed it and walked away and it was the same kind of imagery they had in Spider-Man 2 when when Spider-Man yeah, Spider walked away from the suit. Yeah. Yeah. And then um and then it was cool because it gave him the opportunity to have a different look and sort of have that more like hobgoblin like roby kind of look um you know that he that he got when he picked up the glider later. Like It's like that was the whole that was the whole joke like and the weird Al even said it in his song he's scarier without the mask on like Willem Dafoe's face was just like he was the freaking Green Goblin. Like he didn't need that mask. His face was freaky enough, and like they just did that. They put a freaking purple hoodie on him and then blew it all up and stuff, so it looked like 
the Green Goblin, and his face was more than enough to carry that. Well, that was such a Willem clever Defoe's way of doing what that. they did right, and the mask is what they did wrong. And they were like, "We can fix this." Was just what did we, we do right, Willem Dafoe? What did we do you, wrong? The stupid mask. You know what else was really great about the movie um, was that there was no there was no stakes in the movie as far as hiding who anybody was, right? Like we're in a, they're in a completely different universe, right? So mm-hmm. like, what's it matter if he's got, you know, he could got the mask on. He doesn't have a mask on. Nobody knows him. Nobody knows Norman Osborn. Nobody knows green goblin, you know? Um, uh, same thing with the other two Spider-Men. They're out of their universe. Like it doesn't matter if they're flying around showing their faces, like they're going to go home at the end of this. So, it's also like if you're investing all the time and money to bring all of these people back, you might as well show them. And they did. Like that was so, cool. So one of the th- I didn't know about the other two Spider Man because again I'm not on the internet. I'm a I'm a luddite. And uh, you, you mentioned about dangling things. What was a little dangly for me because I say that I I knew the first half hour of the movie. I kind of knew the first half hour. I had a good you know idea of what was going to happen. Uh, it was a little dangly in two respects in that I, I kind of expected maybe I expect too much from Disney at this point. Cause they just keep putting out genius. Like it just, it's perfect. Every time uh, they, I thought they were combining the universes so that they could just pull moving forward as they wish. Right. So I didn't know the Spider-Men were coming. Um, I, I knew that Doctor Strange was doing some sort of magic and he was going to mix the universes together. And we, you know, clearly Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin and a couple other people were going to show up. Um, but now they've undone that. So you you didn't expand the universe as much as I wanted. And the, or as much as I as much as you teased me, you were going to you gave it to me in this little dose. And I do appreciate it. And it was wonderful. I thought they were just part of the universe now. Right. Um, and the one that I really thought was part of the universe now was Venom. Uh, and they they undid that at the end. I thought they were combining the Venomverse with the the MCU. And I'm glad they didn't because of all the problems you mentioned before. Well, but... certainly. But the, 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 when I walked out of Venom 2, I kind of enjoyed it more thinking that that's what happened at the end. Cause I was like, you see what they, I, I said this to Jacqueline. I was like, that was brilliant. It doesn't matter that they killed carnage because if the universes just got combined, everything that just happened in this movie, while it was fun to watch and there was explosions, like again, Sony hasn't done anything wrong visually, right? I mean, visually it's, uh, it's always, uh, even the first one, I thought it was great visually speaking, right? So it's a fun eye candy thing. And I thought, what a brilliant way if you know that you're taking your Venom character and just morphing him over to this other universe because the universes are collapsing together or, or whatever's happening, right? Um, why not have some fun and kill some characters? Because now he's in a new universe, and maybe the Cletus Cassidy in the MCU, maybe it's Woody Harrelson, maybe it's not, you could just redo Carnage. You don't, it, it's not a permanent death. You haven't done it. You just instantly undid whoever you just killed. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. So I walked out of Venom 2 enjoying it more then than I do now, knowing that Venom just went back to that universe that is it now in tatters like that. Except up. that that little piece of the symbiote stayed behind. Right. So you've gotten Venom into this universe and now we're going to get a Venom in this universe. But it, it really just make, and it makes me definitely want to not go watch the rest of the Venom movies. So part of me always 
wanted to not just watch any of the Sony films and hope that they eventually just give up like the Fantastic Four, like start a revolt. I'm not online. I'm not a social media guy. So somebody who is start a revolt online, let's just all boycott the Sony movies until they give up on the franchise and give it back to Marvel. I, th- I think you're being, I think you're being harsh on the Sony movies. Uh, the Venom ones? Well, so first of all, I like the, the Spider-Verse movies, the, the, um, the animated the ones. Yeah. I only saw the one. If there's another, I don't oh know well, the yeah, the, the, one. The, yeah. the second one's not out yet. I can't say that I like it because I haven't uh, seen it. But there's so a... you're right. The, the first Spider Verse movie was great. The cartoon movie was great. I loved it. Absolutely, I agree. And I think that Venom, the Venom movies. I mean, I, like they're they're not great. Like they're not going to win any awards or anything. But like, I, I don't know. I think they're fun for what they are. Um, uh, I don't know. I have a. I feel like I have a whole lot of like theories and questions about this whole Venom thing that I don't know if we want to jump into or not. Um, I mean, I don't mind doing... <laughs> I, well, I don't know well, that we're done with Spider-Man, but I don't mind talking about the Venom movies, and I'm not saying they don't have good things. Again, I can compliment them on lots of stuff. I just think that they they suffer from a lot of the old superhero movie errors. And that they don't have nearly the level of polish uh, that the Disney movies have. Well, I haven't seen either of them. You uh, saw, Sean, you saw the new Venom movie before you saw uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home on Friday, and then I was still itching for more Spider-Man. Like, I was, I was in this, like, yeah, I was so in love with the movie that I just wanted, I, I wanted to consume more Spider-Man. So then I... I rented Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and it did not scratch the Spider-Man itch. <laughs> like, right. like I, you know, it was it had good things about it that were enjoyable, but it, it in no way fulfilled any you know anything that I was I was feeling with this whole Spider-Man thing. In case somehow Chris doesn't know that the end scene in Venom, I I saw the post credit okay, scene. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's the thing. I've like I've I've been so tangentially interested in him because. I, I actually want to see them now because my friend Dan was like, he was explaining to me like, just watch some actual clips from the movie, and I think you'll have a better understanding of how stupid they are in a in a good way. Like, I was under the impression from the trailers that the movies were dark and gritty and serious, and like they're actually kind of goofy. Oh, they're hilarious. I, that, I, I'm totally into that, and I'm I'm sure I'm gonna like them fine. But that's the thing; I'm gonna like them just fine. Right, it's, I, that's, I, that's they the don't... problem. It's the it's the what, what was that one we just watched the uh, the, the the Harley Quinn uh, uh, Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> it was fine. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna go rewatch it a dozen times like I am all of the Marvel movies. Just about right. It's it's just not on the same level. So here, so here's my question. Uh, I guess, I guess, in order to not make this a whole critique about the Venom movies, I'll try to focus on the the Spider-Man angle of it. So I guess here's my question about it, right? So when, so this, so Spider-Man No Way Home establishes that uh, Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy, Venom in the Venom movies is in a different universe than. Uh, than Tom Holland, Peter Parker, right? And yes. then he gets sucked into, uh, he gets sucked into this universe through the Doctor Strange thing, through the Doctor Strange spell. He is not in New York with the other villains because at the end of the Venom movie, 
you know, he's like, hey, buddy, hey, Venom Sinbad, buddy, we need a vacation. And they go to, you know, they go to some island resort and they're sitting on a beach. That's how the movie ends, right? And so in the post-credit scene of that, uh, I, I guess one thing I couldn't tell is if the reality of like the hotel room he was in changed. Like, I can't tell if it was like a dilapidated hotel room and then he got sucked into the new universe and it was like nicer and like more upscale or if it was just that it was night and then it was day in the other place. But anyway, he goes into the, this other universe and you know, and he's on this beach resort. So that's not why he's not with the other people there, but like in the venom movie, but in that post credit scene, venom had just said like, 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 um, like Eddie Brock says, you're keeping things from me, Venom. I thought we didn't have secrets. And he says, I'm, you know, I'm a symbiote with, uh, with like hive mind knowledge of the entire universe. If you saw a fraction of what I know, it would blow your little mind. And he was like, all right, well, just give me something, you know? So like, it makes you, uh, like, I guess my question is like, is the Venom hive mind thing connected across universes to the venom that was in the the toby mcguire movie and that that way he knows that peter parker is spider-man so it pulls him in across a universe or am i just reading into this too much no that's exactly that that's the only thing that makes sense the only reason for him to be there although i'm i i've come to understand and i didn't see amazing spider-man 2 that electro didn't know Peter yeah, Parker, I don't remember him finding out, but uh, but whatever. I, I don't care. Yeah, but yes, that, that is the that is the theory. And like, if I had to venture a guess, the um symbiote didn't know Peter Parker was Spider Man per se across the multiverse. But as soon as they got pulled into that universe, uh, or no, they, no, they got he shouldn't. Have, no, no, because he shouldn't have gotten pulled into the universe if he didn't already know. But I think what Paul said, because remember, Doctor Strange only ended up pulling in people who did know that Spider-Man yeah. was. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. But I think what Paul said is accurate. I, again, not uh, I've read a lot of comic books, but I'm not a Spider-Man or Venom expert. But uh, I think this is the King in Black is the, the comic book series that this is uh, this, this whole planet. Oh, God. Any nerds listening would just be mad at me trying to do this because uh, ugly. But yes, there's a whole planet that's just basically this blob of symbiotes that venom is a hive mind with and then there's kind of a question as to whether they're all there guarding the universe from the center of it or if they're his uh his guys that he sends out that's a little in question but that whole storyline puts the venom symbiote creature and when you have a hive mind is it one creature is it many creatures but whatever that whole thing it puts them on a whole nother level like up with like Maybe not the uh, maybe not the Phoenix Force, but like just shy of that. So suggesting that they have multiversal knowledge that they communicate through multiverse would, as far as I know, fit right in line with that. Like it's it's uh, they kind of made that character an epic almost. Uh, uh, what do they call him? Like Galactus or uh, you know a celestial type being? Like it's way over the top, old ancient like beginning of the universe probably multi-universal knowledge shared through that thing so yes 
I think right, that makes know. sense. Through I buy it. Sold. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that. Although it did hurt a little when they took him away, because again, and, and they did it right. What, what was great about the Venom movies? There was one or two things that were great about the Venom movies. One was Tom Holland, or Tom Holland, uh, Hardy. Uh, he was great. Uh, no problem with him at all. Uh, and a little bit of the, the the humor. They they did the humor really well, and they kind of pulled that in. They brought him in, and I thought they were going to leave him here, and then they took him away. So there was a little bit of a dangling that in front of my face. I thought we were just getting Venom in the Marvel Universe now, and I was excited about that because while I do have a lot of problems with those movies, he is not one of them. And if you remove him from that universe and just slam him down in this perfect world you've created – well, God, that's the best of both, isn't it? Yeah, that would have been great. And it doesn't really make any sense to me why the symbiote bit got left behind. Like, It's part of one creature, really yeah. I don't, I don't really understand the logistics of it, but whatever. Again, I don't actually care. So if so, Dr. Think... Octopus took a poop, did the poop get sucked back into the other? <laughs> I think they're just... <laughs> I think I think they're just leaving the door open for possibilities. I think if they, you know, if they want to do a Venom story in the MCU, then they've they've given themselves a doorway to do it. I don't honestly know what's going to happen next. Like I think that, you know, I think this might be it for Tom Holland. Like I think he said he he was, you know, he, he didn't want to do this anymore that he made 3 Spider-Man movies, he made 3 Avengers movies, you know, that he was like that's it, I'm going to move on, you know, but um he said a lot of stuff. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy talk. But even if you're right, they did. Uh, who was it? One of the other two said, "Oh no, maybe it was Electra." Somebody said something about a Black Spider-Man. So yeah, they and might like, just be lining it up to hand it off to Miles Morales. Miles's uncle was in the first one. Oh right. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they can. I think there's definitely a plan to shift to Miles Morales at some point. Hmm. But I'd be shocked and amazed if Tom Holland was actually done with this. Like, I mean. Actors say all kinds of all kinds of things. Yeah. This is Spider Man we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. This was this felt pretty complete. Like this, you know, this this. Well, I this mean, feels like yeah. it should be it for a while. Like I, I feel like they they tied it up with a nice bow. They shouldn't go ruin it with some stupid thing next year. You know. I want you to no, shut agree. your dirty mouth for a for a for a little while. Yeah, I think I think maybe take a break. Maybe don't hit them as fast as they have before. But like. This movie ended where most people think Spider-Man should have begun in the first place. A lot of people's complaints about the uh, the the MCU Spider-Man movies was that they're so not Spider-Man. Like he doesn't ha- he's not living on his own. He's got like a big support system and everything. And you know, in the MCU, he's 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 got the Iron Spider straight away. He's like super tech Spider-Man. He's got pretty much everything that Peter never really had in the traditional Spider-Man stories. Now this movie ends where he's living alone. Nobody knows who he is. He's basically, he's really a nobody because actually nobody knows who he is. And like, that's it. He's, he's wearing the, the, the spandex suit without any special, I O Stark tech or anything like that. He has no access to any of that stuff anymore. So right now the end of this movie is where Spider-Man, like traditional Spider-Man begins with Tom Holland in that role. And, and, and I think that's why I felt like it was, it was an ending as much as it was a beginning, you know, like this, this could be it. And sure. They could pick up with Tom Holland and tell more Spider-Man stories, or they could just end it here and shift, shift to somebody else, you know? 
I, I think the next I think the next set of whatever Spider-Man movies they do are going to give him the actual ending. Like, yeah, him leaving Ned and MJ behind like that's that's sweet, but that can't stick. You know, we want if we want to give him an actual happily ever after, then we want to see him and MJ like together and, you know, back friends with Ned. But also, I think seeing him, uh, Miles Morales doesn't work as well if Peter isn't actually passing the torch to him, I don't think. That's Um, a good point. So I, I, I mean, I would I would be surprised if we don't get something a little bit more intelligent to to link him to the next generation. But that's something that they're they're being forced to confront in these in these Marvel movies that they were never really forced to confront in comics because you're not using real people like these people are just going to keep getting older. So they had to kill you know, quote unquote, kill off Captain America. You know, they had to like Robert Downey Jr. was getting too old to be Iron Man. So that story's done. And these characters are going to continue to get older because of the, the nature of the, <laughs> the nature of the, the way movies and human beings work. So setting up this whole next generation, which is what they've been doing so well with like Yelena replacing Black Widow and Kate Bishop replacing Hawkeye, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're, they're, they're introducing Ironheart into the MCU through a TV show. We're going to get a Ms. Marvel that's being you know played by a very young actress. Like they're doing a very good job of setting up this next generation of Avengers characters. Uh, so yeah, I think Marvel Ma- miles Morales is, is absolutely on the table for future Spider-Man movies, but I do think we need more of Tom Holland, Spider-Man to get there of the three. Which one's your favorite? Of the three Spider-Men? Yeah. Wait, the the actors? Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. I, Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. No. It's tough, because those are clearly the best three movies, I think. But is it because of him, or is it just because the movies are better? I really, I didn't have a problem with Tobey Maguire if we don't talk about what went down in the third one. I thought he did a great <laughs> job. And, and yeah, like Tobey was said, a very good Peter, but he didn't have the quips. Well, and Andrew Garfield was a little bit too much of a prick. <laughs> and Tom Holland had the the kind of nervous, nerdy Peter and the quips as Spidey way more than the other two did. I, th- I, I just think Tom Holland nailed it. I think yeah. you I think that's exactly what I was going to say, although I was going to say it in a slightly different way. I was going to say, I think that Tobey Maguire made a better Peter Parker, a less good Spider-Man. I think Andrew Garfield made a pretty good Spider-Man, a not so good Peter Parker. Um, I think Tom Holland is the only one who's nailed both. both. And yeah, agreed. And um, and so a, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to say two things here. A, I thought it was interesting that when Ned waved his little Doctor Strange magic ring hand and and pulled in those Peter Parkers, you know, found those Peter Parkers wherever they were in, in, in our universe or in the MCU universe, um, that when we saw Andrew Garfield, he was Spider-Man, you know, like he was walking around there as Spider-Man. And then when we saw, uh, Tobey Maguire, he was like Peter Parker, you know, like he wasn't in Spider-Man garb when he came through. Um, cause they pulled what works. Yeah. That being said, uh, uh, when 
you know, they could only they could only do the bit of like you being surprised once, you know, when when he summons the first time and we see a Spider-Man and we just assume it's our Spider-Man until it's like, whoa, it's Andrew Garfield. Then when he does it again, we know that Tobey Maguire is coming through next. <laughs> like, like <laughs> we don't need to have a fake out again. It's not going to work for us. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I think, I think Tom Holland is the only one who's really nailed both. And I think like, I think when he's, you know, when he's Peter Parker, he's like, you know, he's shy, he's dorky. He like has all the problems that like teenagers have. He like embarrasses himself, you know, um, like he's, he's such a great Peter Parker. And then when he's Spider-Man, you know, it's like he, he acknowledges that he has this confidence that he doesn't have when he's Peter Parker, you know, and it's like that sort of like teenage, I can do anything kind of thing. Um, and like the other thing that I love that he does when he's Spider-Man is like, he gets as excited about the things that he discovers as the audience, you know, like sometimes he's just, you know, he's in the moment doing Spider-Man stuff and he's like, Whoa, did you just see that? I just did this thing, you know, like, um, metal arm. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think anybody's quite, quite done it. Like he's done it. Like he's, he's sort of masterful. Yeah. Now, speaking of masterful, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, everything they did with him, I thought was just amazing. Like it was a, it was pretty on the nose, <laughs> like where he starts off in his basement and then he's like selling his own brand of, uh, vitamins and stuff. Like, wow, they really, they really went all in on this, uh, on it, this particular It makes so much more sense that j jonah jameson is you know in a like a current iteration of j jonah jameson is like a alex jones info war you know tucker carlson fucking douchebag that uh mm -hmm. you know I thought they that, were going for the info war guy i thought they were yeah some that's exactly thing. what they were doing because he did the whole thing where he was selling his own vitamins yeah. and shit yeah, and was, they just played completely perfect because yeah, like because the idea of a newspaper editor that hates spider-man is like antiquated it doesn't it really doesn't play now, you know, and I think I think the only thing that was going to drum up that much hate for Spider-Man, just like drumming up that much hate for anything is, you know, is sort of that like right wing pundit kind of vibe like that was spreading a misinformation. That was mysterious thing. Yeah. I love that they followed that up so well. They did everything about this so smart, like almost everything like. The fact that Doctor Strange just started casting the spell without having the conversation beforehand was like, I understand that you're doing this because this is how the movie happens, but like, really, you're not going to even like, ask, like, are you ready? Like, are you going to do anything? He's like, no, he just goes down there and starts doing it. Like, with knowing full well the consequences, it just seemed a little, little off. But outside of that, they, they put so much thought and care into making this work. And we've seen so many times before where if you have these kinds of things all thrown together, it can very easily go very south. Uh, and this was not that. This was, this was done with uh, love and care, and I absolutely loved it. That's what I keep saying. It had no business being this good. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of scared. So 
One thing I will say that <laughs> you uh, we talked about. Uh, so obviously there was the, the the Matt Murdock or the Daredevil cameo, which I mean, there's just no there's no end to how happy that made me. Uh, it was so good when I, it catches the fucking brick. Oh, <laughs> it's just it, just seeing him in that scene interacting with them. Like first off, that you know. He's in the same room with Happy Hogan, who was Foggy Nelson and the Ben Affleck one is like a weird mind trip to begin with. But also just just seeing Charlie Cox interacting with like the MCU proper like that oh. was magical. And like just the, catching the brick. I'm a really good lawyer. Come on. That was so good. When the word on the street was that he was going to be in it, I knew I think I knew that he was going to be Matt Murdock. Um, like, I, I think I knew with all the things I was hearing about it that it was going to be too much for Daredevil to show up. Like, I think I knew that yeah. somebody was going to need legal counsel and that was going to be, you know, that was going to be the, the, the window in. So, no, nah, completely. Well, I often will say, like, you know, oh, I, I don't know that much about this character. I read some comic books. No, Daredevil, I, I think I've read all the comic books he's ever appeared in. Um, the the Charlie Cox Daredevil on Netflix was the the closest to perfect there's ever going to be. They they nailed so many things about sixty years worth of comics in that, and then it was canceled or whatever, and that made me sad. So when Jacqueline heard, because she is on the internet, that Charlie Cox was going to appear in this movie, she came out and told me. So that that was a little spoiled for me by that, but that's fine. I don't mind that spoil because it made me so excited. Uh, that that was a, a possibility of something that was going to happen. And then he did such a great job because he always does because, uh, again, uh, it was so good. Uh, the fact that we only got it as that is fine. It didn't bother me as all that he wasn't in there as Daredevil because at least he's in the universe now and it just it just feels good because not only and, and again, huge Daredevil fan, that's my character, that's what that's what made me like comic books. That's probably why I'm a lawyer today. I'm, it's certainly not disconnected from that. Um, the fact that he's there just drags in everything else that the Netflix series did right for, and I say series, I know it was like different series, but like they nailed so many different things in that. And just, just have this green light that, yes, this is all part of the MCU. And I know they kind of alluded to it before, but then there were some worries that maybe it wasn't. Um, the fact that they just pushed that button, it's like, yep, that's our Punisher. That's our whatever. That's our Luke Cage. That's our Jessica Jones. They did so many things right that it makes me so happy. I just thank you to the, the, the Marvel, uh, who is it, Fox. Baji for just giving that to us. I don't think you're saying his name right, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm really curious exactly how deep that that goes. Like there, as far as I know, and it's been a while since I've watched the Netflix series. At the time, it seemed like they couldn't quite fit in with the MCU because of the timeline and the fact that the snap never really seemed to affect what was going on in those shows. But they were gone before the snap happened. Yeah, I those, just rewatched those shows the whole, were canceled before the snap. The 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 COVID has given me given me some time <laughs> off. I watched the entire MCU, every TV show, every movie in chronological order. They work. Uh, they work. Week. All right, yeah, that's that's it, good. It works. Now, I I guess the the only thing that I know that I'm not the only one who's who's wondering this is like, 
are they actually like are they officially confirming that those Netflix shows are in the MCU or uh are they variants like um what's his face uh, like like J Jonah Jameson just the same actor playing the same part but a different version of that part um well but with that's the finale of Kingpin I'm sorry with the finale of Hawkeye um I there was an interview that said that we were going to get a definitive answer to that uh, during this finale, and that absolutely did not happen. Um, I think. I, th- I think. Spoiler Chris, alert for Hawkeye as well. <laughs> I th- well, Chris, I'm going to say two things. I think a Chris, you shouldn't go down this rabbit hole. You shouldn't go down this rabbit hole of of Hawkeye um, because it it. I, I mean, I I think the two thoughts and ideas are intertwined about the way they treated Kingpin in that show and the way they treated Daredevil in this Spider Man thing, but like. I think that at this point, nobody can definitively say if, you know, how those Netflix properties are going to tie into anything in, in what way and that they might just pick and choose things. Um, you know, the other thing is that, uh, you know, Jameson and like, like this, this sort of ties into another thing that was sort of on my hit list of, of what I wanted to talk about is like, I think that's one of the things that was it was another thing that was cool and that worked about this Spider-Man movie, you know, is like, okay, Jameson was in the Toby, you know, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, JK Simmons was, was in the, was in the Toby Maguire ones, you know, and then he's playing the same character in this one, you know, uh, uh, and, and far from home, the, the, a different version of the same character. Like, I think it all sort of speaks to this multiverse thing and that there's like similarities and differences and that like every universe is a little different and has, you know, different qualities to it. Cause like, that was another thing that I thought was so cool about this movie is how like thematic things from the other Spider-Man stuff crept into this, but in a different way, like, um, like Sean mentioned the um the what what is it the um the bridge car the um what do you call that thing the the high wire bridge car oh, thing oh, oh the the trolley car on the wires yeah yeah uh, what the hell do you call that thing like <laughs> the, whatever the trolley car on the wires like that you know we saw that same thing when when cable car it's a cable car yeah we saw that same like this and the same look of the cable car when you know mj and uh and this spider-man were up on the bridge you know like there was there's been different lines and different um you know different uh different thematic things that keep popping up in this story and it it makes you i think it gives more of a sense that like uh, the, you know, these un- universes are connected and you're just seeing different things play out differently this way, you know? Um, I guess that's the best I can describe it. So uh, I think you're right. I think they did a lot of that on purpose. And I think part of it is to drive that point home. I would assume that Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness will answer some of these questions for us as far as how the universes are connected. Um, and while I don't think that was a great end sequence, like, don't just show me that, like, they've never done that before. It's like, and they did that for, uh, did they? was it Captain America? 
the post credits on Captain America was the trailer for the Avengers. Was it? Yeah. All Some right. assembly required, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, I don't love that. <laughs> but right. Yeah, I didn't love that either. But it, it's, it's you know, all right, so there's the trailer. Uh, there was the... Uh... I think that that was a byproduct of it being a Sony film and not a, a Disney film. You know, like, I, I think there's there's different agreements when Sony produces it. Like, you're right, Feige still gets final say, but that it's like, oh, like, you used these actors of ours, like, we get to use these people in our next MCU movie, whatever their agreement is. But like, I think because the Disney ones so seamlessly set up the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, I think that with this Sony thing, they were just like, all right, well show a trailer for our next thing. You know, like I think that was, uh, that's my theory at least that it was a byproduct of it being a different studio. You might be right. The, uh, what you were saying right before that about the multiverse, God, I, I know where I was going. I don't remember why I was saying it. Uh, I was going to say there's that one shot where it looks like Doctor Strange is fighting a darker Doctor Strange. Um, and I, I couldn't help but think back to the, the what if that just What happened. if series, yeah. And I can't help but think is that that Doctor Strange? Are they just going to show us that, yes, this is all, I mean, while it's all different universes, it's all one multiverse. And mm-hmm. all of this stuff is connected in that way. Um, that makes the most sense to me. That's what I thought when I saw that dark Doctor Strange. Like, I think that's the dark Doctor Strange from What If. Right. That that's what I'm hoping it is. I because you know what I the What If series I enjoyed it until those last two or three ep- episodes, and then I loved it. Right. It was good. I wasn't blown away. And then those last two or three episodes, whatever that, that I don't remember how many episodes it took. That you know the connected ones at the end. Um, they made me love it. Um, and for them to just try to tie that in even tighter, I mean, that would be wonderful. Uh, and I know we're not going to go down the Hawkeye rabbit hole, but uh, I did think that, again, it's almost reaching back and taking what's worked in the past. Having just rewatched the MCU, one of the things that the S.H.I.E.L.D. show did wonderfully was it kept tying back into the Marvel movies as they were released in really, sometimes really clever ways, sometimes just kind of, you know, smack in the face ways, but sometimes in really clever ways. And I thought they did such a good job with that. The series, I I enjoyed the whole series. It had some, you know, you easily could nitpick lots of things about it, but the, some things it did very right. I thought that was one of them. And I, I haven't seen the newest episode of Hawkeye, but I, it almost feels like they're, they're trying to do what they did right with the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, with the Hawkeye series. Again, I saw the last episode, which gave you a little D'Onofrio. Um, and then I saw Spider-Man, which is the order they were released in. And now I haven't seen that episode of Hawkeye that was released today. But um, it, it feels like they're going back and saying, what, what has worked right for us thus far? Let's, let's double down on those aspects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, parts. I had a thought, and then it went away. Damn. I th- I think the only other thing that's kind of on my hit list that we didn't talk about is just um how much I like the supporting cast of this this series of Spider-Man movies, this uh Tom Holland trilogy. Um uh yeah, Z- uh Zendaya and what's the kid's name that plays um Ned, Ned. Ned Jacob, I don't know. Jacob something or other like like they all got showcased pretty like pretty equally in this movie like they all 
um, it, it was kind of cool how they like sort of integrated the team into helping, you know, helping diffuse this whole multiverse situation. And um, I, I thought we saw like really great chemistry between all three of them. Um, and I don't like, I was a little bit like pleasantly surprised just because I, I think in some of the other movies, just the way, you know, the other Tom Holland movies, the way that they were laid out, like, I think some of those characters didn't get as big a chance. Um, you know, I think Ned, he and Ned have always had this kind of like fun back and forth, like nerd energy. Um, but you know, MJ in the first one, you know, she like, I think, I feel like she did a lot of just kind of like being in the background and like kind of being edgy and weird. Um, just so that they could, you know, give you that reveal at the end that she's MJ, you know, like they kind of purposely distanced her. And then in the second one, um, when they were on vacation, like there was a lot of like him working up to talk to her, him working up to like tell her that he's Spider-Man or whatever. So the fact that they all three were in on it in this one and they, you know, that you sort of had the chemistry between them. Like I, I, I just thought they were all so delightful. Like I thought she was, I thought she was really great, particularly, um, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple times now, the, the parallel with the Gwen Stacy moment. And like, I think she was, she sold the moment as much as Andrew Garfield did. Like it was, I thought, yeah. I, I, I thought they were all great. I'm not going to lie. That, that moment got me. I mean, it, I, like, I'm not, I'm not one to like be gotten by movies. I mean, Up got me that first sequence in Up. I'm not gonna lie, that that brought tears to my eye. That that, who would show that to a child is what I want to know because that is traumatizing. The same, that is an upsetting sequence. The same people but that I mean, the know, same I, people that don't skip the beginning of Finding Nemo. I didn't see uh, Finding Nemo. It was sad, but I don't know. It didn't. It didn't impact me. That Up one got me, and and the, the this scene right there. That I mean, I felt it. And again, I I absolutely welled up for that scene. That no was, question. They, they got me. I didn't see it coming, and then they hit me with it. And I was like, Ah, you got me. It, it hurts. It hurts. I was also really, really happy that Toby Maguire wasn't killed. I was like, Oh, don't you do that? Don't you dare! And he was like, yeah, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, yeah, cool. That's about right. The uh, what you were saying about the ensemble cast, I 100% agree. I thought that the the I'm going to call them kids because I guess we're old now. Uh, the the two kids were great. Uh, and then the, uh, but I think it goes further. I think, uh, Marissa Tomei and, uh, John Favreau. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Favreau. Uh, I think they've been amazing throughout all three movies as well. Uh, and really, uh, and, and while Chris made the point that it kind of takes away from, you know, Spider-Man's the, the guy who can't make rent and he's all alone. He's, he's, he, it's a very suffering character. Um, it does take away from that. Um, it, at the same time, really fleshed out the movies nicely, uh, and and Marvel does a good job with that. Sung Sung Chi is a good example of just them doing a great job of making an ensemble cast and coloring in the background, so it's not a one-dimensional superhero. Um, again, learning from earlier superhero movie mistakes, right? You've you've got a whole world that this person is taking place in, and then filling in those. Uh, I don't want to say B characters, but the, the surrounding cast is, if you don't have that, if it's not fleshed out, if it's not colorful, if you don't care, then then you're back to making these the, the terrible superhero movies of your 
that were just flat and un unmeaningful. I said, I, I, um, oh. Oh, crud, lost it. I, I said, too, at the beginning <laughs> of this, at the beginning oh. of the podcast, how, you know, how I was sort of, like, annoyed with myself that I, you know, that I, that I, that I didn't expect bigger, you know, that, um, that I thought that some of these would just be cameos and, and that I, I didn't expect the, them to up their game. Um, but, like, I, I think it's also been cool that with each of these, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies the the I don't know what to call this trilogy the like home trilogy the homecoming homecoming no way home no homecoming far from home no way home I don't know yeah. I, I don't know if we want to call home it the, the home movies whatever, whatever it is um but like each one of those has uh progressively um I, I guess gotten cooler in terms of like how they've how they've integrated this bigger world into the story. Like, um, you know, when the first one came out, when homecoming came out, uh, there was a, a, a friend of mine on social media that was like, like, why do I want to see this? You know, like we just saw these, we just saw two other Spider-Man movies not that long ago. Like what's going to be different about this? Why do I, why should I care about it? And like, you know, I sort of initially thought the same thing, but then when I saw it, and like, a, I think we've already covered that. You know, I think Tom Holland is awesome. But then also, you know, the way they tied that whole Vulture crew into the salvage from the battle in New York and the like, you know, weird alien weapons and stuff like that. That like, you know, they they pulled from this bigger universe, um, the MCU, and they rooted it in this quote unquote friendly neighborhood Spider-Man thing. You know, it it really worked in Homecoming. You know, it. I think it took a even crazier step forward in Far From Home, where it was like you had to, you had to sort of retcon all that Stark tech and Stark employees, and you know, and and uh, tie them to Mysterio and this whole like illusion thing that Mysterio was creating. You know, like why didn't I think that the the third one would be an even bigger spectacle to that. You know, like why didn't I think that it was gonna pull from all these things and tie them together in this crazy way, you know? Um, to to what you were just saying, I remembered what I was was what I was almost gonna say was that um the uh the problem that everyone had had with these movies being so different from, you know, Peter being that suffering character, I didn't mind because we just got two sets of those movies. Like those still exist. They're not part of the MCU, but those still exist. So I didn't mind it being a different kind of Spider-Man story um, here in the MCU. They're not part of the MCU, but they are now part of the Spider-Verse. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, not those are part of the MCU. Yeah, and in, in, in a spider sense, as it were. And um, I, I got to tip my hat, but what Paul was just saying maybe remember it. Like, it, it seems obvious to us now, sitting where we are, but the fact that they made the first Spider-Man movie without beating us back over the head with the intro, like that goes again. I'm sure there was like 97 money guys, you know, behind Hollywood, you know, saying, no, no, we got to do the, 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 what the fact that they just glossed over how he got his powers. I know he had like a conversation with Ned or whatever about it vaguely, but like they didn't, they didn't waste 15 minutes of a movie showing us something we've seen twice in the last decade and we all knew anyway like this isn't uh this isn't sung chi this isn't uh you know 
This is in Guardians of the Galaxy. We, I, I think it's pretty common knowledge how Spider-Man gets his powers, why Superman has powers, Batman's origin. Like, we all know this. You can just skip it. Um, all the fact all that three of these movies had really... I, I like, can't thank really... them enough for just... <laughs> All th- all three of the movies had really like great sort of economy of storytelling. Like you know, Sh- mm-hmm. Sean's talking about how they, you know, how they didn't feel the need to do the origin story. You know, with this one, like man, that movie just started. Like it, like you know, it picked up from where the other one left off, and it just started. And they they whipped you back to uh, his apartment, um, and they did that sort of like one tracking shot around the apartment where they sort of like had jokes infused to it and they covered all your bases of like what was going on with MJ, what was going on with Aunt May, what was going on with Happy, you know, and then sort of like into this like, oh my gosh, everybody knows that you're Spider-Man thing now, you know, like, like it, none of these movies waste time with things, things you don't, you know, exposition. It's like, how can we, how can we knock out the exposition as effectively as possible in a cool way and then jump into the story of the movie? Yeah, it's still, I think the movie was damn near three hours long, which I'm not complaining because I enjoyed it. And you are 100% right. There was an economy of storytelling, but it still took three hours because they told us so much, which is wonderful. Again, not a complaint, just a, just yeah. a wow. Really, really happy with that. All right, I got, I got a couple of things that I wanted to hit up that we haven't touched on yet. One, I was really, really sad that they killed Aunt May. I understand why, because I feel like with that spell at the end, I don't know how you could possibly, how it could work that Aunt May would forget that Peter exists or that he's Spider-Man or or anything. I, I feel like that wouldn't work. And I guess, you know, we've always kind of assumed that he had an Uncle Ben who died. They don't, again, they don't really go into his origin all that much. But uh, I was really bummed that she was dead, like because I I thought Marissa Tomei was great in that role, and but, but you no, know, you know what, man, was that well done because uh uh-huh. yeah. because oh, when they're all on the route, like she says that great power comes great responsibility. I think they I think they altered the line a little bit. From my understanding, they altered it to like what it actually is in the comic, but they. They yeah. say the, you know, great power comes great responsibility line. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh God, they didn't, you know, I'm like, they like, did they really do this? Like I, I started being like, it, it's going to go to this place. And then when they're all on the roof talking about it and the other two Spider-Men finish his sentence for him, um, you know, and they're like, yeah, uncle Ben said that, you know, like, uh, it, it 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 really tied it together in a nice way, you know, and they didn't dwell on that phrase like they did in the Raimi ones. It was this mm-hmm. like it was this really clear, concise thing to unite the three Spider-Men and then they moved on. It was cool. Yeah. Oh. All right. So my my second one, and I've actually had this one floating around my head since before this movie, and this only made it worse. Well, worse, not really, not actually worse, but you know, you'll know what I mean. Is what the hell is Wong up to? <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, so we found out now he's actually the Sorcerer Supreme. He was at the end of, um, was at the end of Shang Chi, with the rings being like looking into what is this message that's in the rings. So that was fascinating. 
but also like before earlier in the movie he was having like a a, a sparring match with abomination yeah. just like and like they weren't angry with each other it was it was a range like it was a thing that they were doing what the hell is he doing with abomination where the hell was he going when he was just like you know what leave me out of this I'm, I'm out i got more important things to do what is your more important thing to do wong i want some sort of special or something that just shows me what the hell he's been up to because whatever it is i'm very interested oh, I, in it. If, if disney doesn't think i'd watch a wong movie they're wrong <laughs> that character's great and i am interested as you are and the abomination's clearly the sidekick there Let, let's go see what's happening with wong if if because they've already confirmed that Tim Roth is going to be doing Abomination again in uh, in the She-Hulk series. To what extent, we don't know. I'm assuming Matt Murdock's going to show up in She-Hulk because lawyers. he's a lawyer. Yeah. Like, that seems an easy I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Um, but the, everything they set up with, the, the, with, with Shang-Chi and Wong was really interesting to me. So... I mean, he's definitely going to have some sort of major role in, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's not until freaking May, but we've got plenty of other things to keep us busy between now and then. But yeah, I want to know what Wong is up to. Sean, whatever he's up to is fascinating. Sean just set up a really funny joke and you just blew over it, Chris. He says, I missed he it. says, if you didn't think I would watch a Wong movie, you'd be wrong. It should have been like, <laughs> if you don't think I'd watch that movie, you'd be Wong. <laughs> Paul, you're a dad now. I want you to know this. I think it was no accident that we saw Wong in Shang Chi and in this movie. I'm sure. I'm sure it's all leading to whatever's going to happen in this Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, for sure. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about all the stuff that's coming up next. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff on the table right now. I mean, how many freaking series are on the way? There, there's Moon Knight. There's she Hulk. Um, she Hulk. There's Miss Marvel. And I heard um, we were getting a one shot werewolf by night. Every now, so I don't go on the yeah, internet. There's Every a werewolf then, by night. Jacqueline yells stuff out at me. Um, from yeah, there's a one shot werewolf by night. That's definitely happening. There's um, Ironheart. There's Secret Invasion. Um, I'm surprised they're blowing Secret Invasion on a TV. I say blowing. I've enjoyed the TV series as much as I've enjoyed the movies. But, like, it's a big storyline, so I'm surprised it's not, like, you know, everyone's talking about, or a lot of people talk about, like, who's the next big villain, you know, because uh, you just killed off Thanos. I, yeah, who's the next Thanos? You, so, I, part of me, I mean, one of the things that ran through my, I mean, obviously Kang seems to be getting set up as the next big villain at this point, but one of the things running through my head was maybe it's not a next big villain, maybe it's Secret Invasion, you know, you could, uh, there's not, you know, that's a whole race of villains. Is Secret Invasion yeah. the the scroll takeover? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Secret and then I think the only other one I was missing was Armor Wars. Um that we know of. And then that that's not even covering the movies we know are happening. Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, uh Thor Love and Thunder. Which armor? There's a lot on the way. I, I don't know. Again, I don't watch a lot of previews or anything. I heard something about Armor Wars when I think of the comic book Armor Wars. Uh, there's a couple of terrible bad guys like from way back when. Are, are there hasn't been anything confirmed about Armor Wars other than it exists. So, 
so the comic book armor was like, I don't know, we might be getting ourselves a beetle. I'd take a beetle. I'd take a, a stilt man, you know, some good stuff. Oh, stilt man. That would be amazing. <laughs> what Daredevil issue number four was the first appearance of the Purple Man. What a ridiculous character. And the the, the freaking, was he? David Tennant's take on Purple Man that, was terrifying was that the best marvel villains thus far like i mean he ne- and i love kingpin i think denofrio's kingpin is spot on but tenant's purple man was yeah oh god that was incredible yeah, that was Just amazing so good yeah. so if they can do that with the purple man i mean i know Stiltman's also a ridiculous character but i don't know <laughs> i'm excited to see it i want to see yeah i'd love to see what they can do with Stiltman. that would be amazing I'm uh right in the middle of reading the um Jason Aaron run of the Thor uh series where um you know where he fights Gore the God Butcher and where Jane picks up the hammer. Um it's really good. So I'm I'm ex- I'm I'm really interested in this Thor Love and Thunder because that's I guess the the story that it's based on. Um I like I I like Ragnarok so much. I like that director, so like, I'm kind of glad he got another bite of the apple. Like, I'm I'm glad it wasn't two Thor movies and then one that was drastically different. Um, I think I think that this comic book I'm reading is going to make a, a cool fourth movie. That's Taika Waititi, right? Yeah, and he's the same guy who did uh, what we do in the shadows, right? Yes, I think so. If you haven't watched, oh, that, right, there's an Agatha Harkness show coming out. Oh. yeah. All right, all right, here we go. This is what we've got. <laughs> uh, this was already happened. All right, Thor Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, this says The Marvels, but I feel like that was... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's still happening. The Marvels is that's still gonna happening. That's going to be a movie. That's the... That's that yeah, that's a movie. That's the Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel team-up movie. That's like Captain I think Marvel it's going to be three of them. It's going to be... Captain Marvel, it's going to be this one from the TV show, and then it's going to be Monica Rambo who who got powers. In, right, in, Monica um, Rambo too. In, yeah, which one from the TV show? There, Monica Rambo showed up in. Uh, oh um, right, 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 right. In WandaVision. WandaVision. Guardians three, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Fantastic Four, and then two untitled films slated for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. That's what's been announced in movies as far as TV shows. We still have Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, What If Season 2, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Secret Invasion, Agatha Harkness, Armor Wars, Echo, Ironheart, and some sort of untitled Wakanda series, as well as the Werewolf by Night special. I'm going to watch every the, single one of them. The Guardians, of the, too. the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is cracking me up, and I cannot wait. You caught the riff tracks that they did like uh, a few weeks back, right? No, I haven't seen a Rift Tracks in ages. I just they did a Rift Tracks time. for Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh God, that sounds amazing. It, uh, you know what it was, but I mean that movie, the movie, whatever that thing is, Holiday Special. Is, That's hard to get through. It is hard to get through, even with them going. I mean, like it helps, but it's still like every now and that then they're quiet for a minute, and you're like, "What is happening? Is 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 Grandpa Wookie watching porn? What is yes? Going on? That's exactly what's guys. Happening. We've been it we've been rough. talking for two hours. Are we really going to start talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special right now? <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I mean, like I can settle in for the night and go for it, but this just seems like a whole thing, you know, like. Uh, 
We'll save that for the S movie. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's, that's a podcast for another. That's podcast. a bold move when the first uh, forty minutes of your movie people only speak Wookie. Oh god! Oh, it's brutal. Uh, yeah, it really was. All right. I mean, I I think I'm tapped out. I mean, I could honestly keep talking MCU all night, but I mean, as far as like really tying what we saw. I loved the way the movie worked. I couldn't believe how much they put the other characters in, how much they made the villains matter. They made the other Spider-Mans matter. And how another thing I would really love to see is what happened when they went back. Like, I would love to see cured. Like, what happens to cured? uh, Doc Ock. Well, yeah, Doc Ock. Like, does he still die or does he... Like, where exactly was he plucked from? Like, more importantly, you know, cured uh, the Norman Osborn. Mm. Like, what the hell happens when he goes home? Like, I, I want to see what happens when all these, you know, saved villains go back to their collective universes. I would love to see the aftermath. Yeah, I think you'll never get that. But I, I think that... Um... I think I'll get it in a comic book. I think that that's so. That's how. Well, I think I think things must have played out for Doc Ock similarly because in both continuities, he 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 the inhibitor chip, um, you know, got restored and he had to take that energy ball and sort of sacrifice himself. But um, but like, did he build the energy ball yet? Because if he hasn't built the energy ball yet, oh yeah, like when they because we know he got plucked right when he was choking out Spider Man, right. Yeah, and like which which time? Like he was choking out Spider Man oh. in the in the fucking bank, you know, oh, right. when he was robbing the bank. So I don't know. Who knows? I so one thing about the it seemed to me like I didn't understand that they they spent time curing Sandman. Like you didn't really have to do that. He was kind of on your side, <laughs> right? Like he yeah, right. He just kind of he just kind of blew away at the end, right? Right. But I think he wanted to be human again. Oh, so, all right. I mean, if he wanted to be human, but like the three Spider-Men in this movie took time to figure out a cure for him, a, you know, quote unquote cure for him, but mm-hmm. he wasn't trying to stop them, nor was he in danger of dying because of his powers. And if anything, he would have helped them set off that, like there was that fight where they were trying to like, we have to cure the guys and then set the thing off. And the, the of course the lizard and the bad guys were trying to destroy the box. Like, Sandman had the same goal as them. Like, he was getting impatient yeah. about it, but, like, I don't know. It seemed like a waste of time to cure him of his powers. Wait, I just seemed unnecessary. I got it. I got to say something. It just made me think of this. Like, we've, we've talked a lot about the, um, you know, just the funny back and forth jokes between the three Spider Men, you know, that the, the whole thing about, you know, where, where they brought up the ridiculous things like Venom and the Paul Giamatti Rhino and stuff like that. And also, I mean, I thought those three, I thought those three were really funny together, and I liked how they sort of brought the comic sensibilities of, you know, Tom Holland, you know, the writing of the these Tom Holland ones to the other two Spider Men. Like they, the the three of them, I thought worked really well on screen. But we we kind of haven't talked about the same back and forth that the villains had. Like I liked how <laughs> I liked how Electro and Sandman were like, yeah, I f- I fell into a vat of eels and he's like i i fell into a particle collider and it's like yeah i gotta stop falling in holes like god there was so much great stuff like that like when when andrew garfield is like cracking 
uh, Tobey Maguire's back. <laughs> <laughs> there was so many great scenes like that. It was, it was, uh, this movie was a freaking masterpiece. And as, as a nerd, I'm so happy that we've been, uh, eating so well in the, uh, Marvel movie department. But we haven't I given wish... our thumbs up and thumbs down, so clearly I'm a thumbs down. I don't think anyone. <laughs> it was garbage. I hated it. <laughs> Avoid seeing it at all costs. Nah, I loved it. I uh, look forward to seeing it again, and uh, I'm also looking forward to slipping, slipping into Star Wars mode for uh, Boba Fett in a couple of weeks. So, just out of one fandom and into another. Oh, is that the TV series? Yeah, the book of Boba Fett starts. Uh, I think next week or the I, week after. I did watch two TV series and they were great. They weren't called Boba Fett. I don't remember Mandalorian. Those were great. Oh, Mandalorian was was magnificent. Well, all right. If uh, I know we're, well, uh, I'm. You know what I said? I said we wouldn't go down the Hawkeye rabbit hole, and we won't. Um, I don't know. It can be a post. It can be a a post conversation <laughs> for us, Chris. Yeah, post credits. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't want to talk to you guys about it. I haven't watched tonight's episode yet. It's good stuff. Give me more Yelena any day. She's she's fun. All right. How do, so how do we how do we end this? We don't we don't pick. We don't yeah, we don't vote. Yeah, we don't have this. to do the the vote. We already know what we're gonna be watching the history of future future folks. So I guess I'll just read our spiel and then we're. We're pretty much oh, done. And, so and don't any, forget, any don't forget, Sean and I are going to talk about Geely. <laughs> yeah, you can jump in on that if you want, Chris, but we are talking about Geely. Yep. Uh, it's happening. Our one listener, our one listener who felt we, we, we wasted G uh, already thanked us for, for revisiting I, I, G. I, I right. can't wait. It is going to be an action-packed episode. Geely and History of Future Folk. Like, <laughs> Look, whenever you guys want to do that, I will happily edit it and post it. <laughs> I can't see myself spending the time to watch the movie. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know what? I'll I'll, I'll do my We're, best. When we record the other one, me and Paul just start recording like 20 minutes before you. After we talk about it, we're going to make you feel like you had watched it. So <laughs> get ready. Your goal is to make the podcast longer than the movie. <laughs> well, I if this hadn't been a three-hour Spider-Man movie, we would have succeeded just now, but... It, now we've done we've done that on this week's episode where we've dissected a half hour episode of TV for like an hour and a half. So <laughs> it's not as hard as hard as it seems. All right. Well, if nobody else has any other final thoughts, um, I'm just going to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. A theater near you is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us and you share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. We can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time in the theater near you. Bye. Bye. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong?